Is it the number of thousands of casualties in a worldwide pandemic? Has that moved you? What is it and what does it take to move you, to stir you within? Some people are moved with anger today, aren't they? Protests all around the United States of America, now in European cities as well, over racial injustices. People moved with anger. People moved with fear. A lot of decisions have been made over the last nine weeks because people have been moved with fear. The fear of death and fear of the unknown. Jesus was moved as well, but he was moved with compassion. Moved with sympathy, filled with love and filled with pity as he traveled from place to place and saw the multitudes of people who had so many problems. We are living in a world filled with problems. Filled with people who are filled with problems. And the scriptures tell us in verse number 36 that he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted. I wonder this evening, have you reached a point in your life when you just don't really want to go any further? Have you come to the place in your life when enough is enough, you just can't take it anymore? These people had come to the point where they just couldn't take another step. They'd become so weak in life and so feeble in life and exhausted with life itself and so faint-hearted. They lost all hope. And so they couldn't go any further. Christ looks at the multitude who are fainting and he's moved with compassion. I wonder tonight, do you feel like giving up? Do you feel as if there's no hope? Are you tired? The New Testament author writes and says, Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Humanity is prone to fainting, aren't we? And we see it all around us. People are fed up. They've had enough, and they're fainting. I want you to know this evening that Jesus Christ is moved with compassion when he sees you fainting. You might be annoyed at that statement and you might think to yourself, well, why doesn't he help? Why doesn't he do something? And I'm telling you tonight that he has and he is. A couple of chapters over to the right and you'll find in Matthew 11, the very famous passage of Scripture. Beginning in verse 25, at that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes, meaning those who are humble. Sometimes it takes us coming to the place of fainting before we're able to receive heavenly truths. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. So who is it then? Who is it that Christ is willing to reveal the Father to? Come unto me, Jesus says. Are you feeling faint-hearted tonight? 
Do you feel like giving up when you look at the news and see one tragedy, one act of injustice after another act of injustice? Do you feel like packing it all up, giving up? Do you feel like throwing in the towel? Come unto me, Jesus says. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, those who just can't take it anymore, come, he says, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. You see, the reason so many people are fainting today and giving up is because they're carrying the burden all by themselves. The carrying the burden of guilt and carrying the burden of shame and carrying the burden of sin all by themselves. And that burden is growing heavier and heavier with each day. And Christ says, come unto me and take my yoke upon you and I will give you rest. I'll carry that burden. A yoke, you know what that is, the old wooden thing that would set across the neck of two oxen. That's a yoke. Binding them together. And the Lord Jesus says, come and be bound together with me and I will give you rest for your soul. But you see, nobody will ever humble themselves and get beneath that yoke with the Lord Jesus until they feel the weight and the burden of their sin. Until they get to that point when they are fainting like we see here. Come. Are you ready to quit? John chapter 4, a beautiful passage of scripture. For those who feel as if uh, they can't go any further and as if all hope is gone. John 4 and verse number 10 says this, Jesus answered and said unto the woman at the well, a woman who, whose whole life had been overruled and overrun in sin. And a woman who was embarrassed She'd given up on engaging with society because she had made such a mess of her life and was embarrassed by the way that she had lived. And Jesus said to her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Some people are fainting because they are starving and dying of thirst within. Their soul is so thirsty and they've searched all the dry and empty cisterns of the world and come up empty. And Christ Jesus says in verse number 13, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Can I tell you tonight, if you are fainting, Jesus Christ offers unto you all the refreshing that your soul needs. And he's moved with compassion. The scriptures tell us in Matthew chapter 9, when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. I cannot help but think of this verse as I look at the news today. As I look at humanity today scattered abroad as a flock of sheep with no leader, with no shepherd, divided. We're living in a world today that is just as divided as ever. And people, every once in a while, somebody will stand up and say, the world's a better place today than it's ever been before. 
All he had to do was turn on the television and the news and see that that couldn't be further from the truth. That all the problems that people have imagined that they have solved are just as real and just as present as ever before. And the world is scattered as a sheep with no shepherd. No true leader and thus no direction. No wonder people are burning buildings down. They don't know what else to do. No wonder people are turning cars upside down, protesting. No wonder. Because the world in which we live today is a world filled with sheep who have no shepherd. And there are no voices today. No voice of a true leader is there. One of the greatest tragedies of the day in which we live is that we can't find those giants that we spoke about this morning. We can't find the voices of true men of God that will stand up as, days, as in days of old. Instead, we have voices of men and women who have no idea what they're talking about, no consistency, no authority, no power, no passion. And so we have a world filled with scattered sheep. Don't know what they're doing. Not sure where they belong. You see, a flock without a shepherd, sheep without a shepherd, they don't know where they belong. They feel as if they don't belong. Because the fold is no longer together, but is scattered abroad. And they, they don't know who to follow. They don't know where to go. And in John chapter 10, the Lord Jesus, again, in compassion, he was moved with compassion. In John chapter 10, in verse 11, the Lord Jesus says, in verse number 10, the, the Lord Jesus says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Now I turn the television on today and I see killing stealing, and destruction. And all of that is a result of lost sheep following a thief, following Satan, following the great wicked one. You say, who's to blame? All of humanity. And so we find the vast majority of humanity following the thief. And the thief has come to steal and to kill and to destroy, to steal your days and your hours, to steal your joy and to steal your liberty and to steal your life. And he's doing it one day at a time. Some of you over the last several weeks have had all of your days and weeks stolen. You've done nothing profitable, nothing, nothing of any use or of any value, and the thief has stolen precious time. He's come to kill. What lies at the heart of murder? What lies at the root of all of these terrible injustices that we see? None other but Satan himself, who was a murderer from the beginning, the scriptures say. He's come to kill any good thing in your life. Come to take your life. And he's come not only to do that, but to destroy. He's come to wreck and ruin your life. And he does it. My subtle enticements, things that look good, things that sound good in your mind and the picture plays out well before you and you think you're making good decisions, but the decisions that you make, any decision that leads you away from God is certain to lead you to destruction. And in the midst of all of this, Jesus stands and says, I have come 
that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. He says he was moved with compassion as he looked upon the world that was scattered with, as a, a sheep with no shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. You see, the thief doesn't give his life. The thief takes life. And we're living in a world and a generation and a day when instead of people laying down their lives and sacrifice, they are very quick to take lives. And when they see an, uh, an injustice taking place, instead of standing up for truth, they retaliate with the same kind of brute force. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd that giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling, the false shepherds in the world today trying to draw humanity to themselves, the leaders and, and those in government and those all around the world trying to draw a crowd and a following, those whom the sheep are not seeth the wolf coming. Those hirelings seeth the wolf coming, danger coming, and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. And the hiring fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of them. The Lord Jesus is a good shepherd. He sees you tonight. The Savior sees you in your scattered condition. The Savior, Savior sees you as one with no direction and no leader. And the Lord Jesus says, come, follow me. He goes on in John chapter 10 and says, As the Father knoweth me, and even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. You see, the enemy divides. The enemy makes the most of division. He divides by skin color. The Lord Jesus unites. The enemy divides by economic status, rich and poor and prosperous and not so prosperous. But the Lord Jesus unites and speaks of one fold with one shepherd, not a divided world or a divided nation or a divided humanity, but one fold where there is neither Jew nor Greek, where there is neither rich nor poor, where male nor fem female matters in, in, in ranking. One fold, the Lord Jesus speaks of unity and Satan always brings division. And if you are divided tonight over whatever issue it might be, whether it be a government issue, an economic issue, if it be over the issue of the virus or, or the other issue of racism that is being uh, shown all over the news today, then can I tell you it is Satan that brings division. Christ that brings unity. And in our text, the Bible says the Lord Jesus was moved with compassion because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And then he says something interesting to his disciples, to those who are following him. And this evening, if you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, then hear these words that he says to his followers. The harvest truly is plenteous. Can I tell you what Christ sees in the world today? As he looks 
out and sees all the trouble and all the uncertainties and all the unrest, here's what Christ sees as he sees what apparently most believers would bemoan and grumble and complain about. All the troubles and discouragements in the world, tragedies and inconveniences, Jesus sees a ripe harvest. Jesus sees a harvest that is truly plenteous. All of these troubles are evidences that there is a harvest that is plenteous, truly plenteous. Do you see a fainting people? They're ready for help. Ready for someone to come along and lift them. Do you see a scattered people? Ready for a shepherd. Do you know that we naturally, people naturally long for a shepherd? That's why people follow all sorts of bogus leaders in the world today. Because they want a leader, a shepherd. But Jesus is that true leader. Not one who leads us to harm or damage or destroy, to steal, kill or destroy, but one who will die for us and has died in our place and for our sin that he might bring us to himself and to his Father. This is our Savior who offers unto us eternal life through his own, own shed blood, through his own sacrifice on Calvary's tree. Tonight, if you feel fainted, fainting in your heart, you feel like giving up and you feel scattered and you're not quite sure where to go and what to do, I urge you, look to Jesus Christ because the Savior says the harvest is plenteous. Now you say, what on earth does that mean? It means that the season is now for souls to be harvested. If it was in Jesus' day when people were fainting and people were being scattered, then surely the harvest is plenteous today when there are more people on the face of the planet than there's ever been in the history of humanity and more crime than ever and more feeble minds than ever and more scattered personalities than ever, then surely the harvest is plenteous and it is time, the season is now for you to be saved. You might think to yourself, well, what do I need to be saved from? If a harvest isn't collected, if a harvest isn't gathered, if it's left, it will rot in the fields. Its ripe condition will soon turn to a utterly rotten condition that is irrevocable, unsavable, cannot be changed. In the Old Testament book of Joel, the, the prophet writes in chapter 3 and verse number 11, Assemble yourselves and come, all ye heathen, speaking of the last days, the days of judgment to come. Assemble yourselves and come, all ye heathen, and gather yourselves together round about. Thither calls thy mighty ones to come down. O Lord, let the heathen be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, which means literally means Yahweh judges. For there will I sit to judge the heathen round about. Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get ye down, for the press is full, the fats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The valley of sentencing. The valley of judgment. And that day of the Lord is near. And there are multitudes today in the valley of decision. 
in the valley of sentencing at any moment the gavel will fall and sentence will be proclaimed upon our waywardness and sinfulness. And so the Lord Jesus says, lift, lift up your eyes because the fields are white already unto harvest. Souls are ready to be saved. And if that's you tonight, if you're listening, watching tonight, and you know that something isn't right within you, and you know that life has is, is lost meaning, and you have no direction, and you're ready to give up and throw in the towel, then I urge you, run to Jesus, who alone can deliver you from not just your sorrows, but your sins as well. And trust in his name. Jeremiah the prophet writes in his eighth chapter of his book, and he says in verse 20, the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. I wonder this evening, are you saved? Have you been delivered from your sin, from the certain destruction that comes? Somebody mentioned to me recently how uncruel, it, how very cruel it was of God and unfair it was of God that he might send us to hell if we wouldn't follow him. And I said, you've, you've got it wrong. It's not that God is delighting in sending people to hell, it's that people are, humanity is marching to him, running to him. And the Lord is standing in the way to rescue all those who will simply believe. Oh, it's not that God is sitting in heaven uh, glad and happy and and delighted that he can cast people into hell because they won't follow him. No, no, no. Man has chosen to run that way. Man is headed in that direction. And our only hope of salvation is Christ Jesus. It is our sin that casts us, leads us to hell. And it's the grace of God that offers unto us salvation. Can I ask you this evening? Are you saved? The Lord Jesus was moved with compassion and he tells his disciples, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the harvest to collect all those who are waiting. Tonight if you're listening, then I urge you, if you do not know the Savior, come to him tonight. Let him be your shepherd. Believe on his name. Believe that he died for you. Trust in his work, not in yours. Call upon him. Utter that little prayer. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And trust in his grace. We heard that testimony of our dear sister, Lay Kim, who heard of the grace of God that made a way for us to be saved. And made a way for us to be right with God. Not through our actions, but through his action upon the cross of Calvary. The Lord Jesus is moved with compassion tonight. But all of that, all of that compassion is for a wayward people. Do you see that? Believer, are you praying that God would send forth laborers into the harvest? Are you willing to be one of those laborers to go and reap a harvest? The Lord Jesus was moved with compassion. So should we. 
we as his children should also be moved. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank thee for Jesus our Savior. 